The Providence College Friars. Will the party ever end tonight The Big East. And the rest of the college hoops world. You know that the party will not end. This is the Providence Crier Podcast with your host, a PC grad standing in at four feet tall. He is the Providence Crier himself, Mike Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Providence Crier Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Surratt, the Providence Crier. Follow me on Twitter. That's at Providence Crier. Read our blog, theprovincecrier.com. Join with me, as always. We have BOC in the house. Follow him on Twitter at BOC all day. Today is Tuesday, February 27th. The Friars with a big old opportunity on Wednesday, BOC, as they will have the rematch against Marquette, um, set for a 7 p.m. tip, although I thought it was 8, but maybe not. Uh, 7 p.m. tip, if you remember earlier in the season, the Friars beat um, Marquette 72-57 at the Amp when Marquette was ranked number 6. They are now ranked number 5, uh, and they they get the... Uh, they get the revenge game here in, in BOC. Like you and I both on the podcast after the Marquette game, we're like, all right, we're probably going to get blown out <laughs> when we go there. The The line seems to indicate that. The line, uh, preliminary line is at 10 and a half. Uh, and- oh, I nailed that, by the way. My brother asked me that uh, last night, and I said 10, 10 and a half. And I was like, ah, that might be too much. Maybe seven and a half? Between seven and a half and 10. I thought it was seven and a half, uh, or I thought it would be seven and a half. So Marquette's a great team. They, besides the, uh, they've kind of gone under the radar, wouldn't you say? Uh, I think last year they were the media darling, like the Shaka Smart uh, revival type season. They've had, besides the U- getting blown out against UConn, I think they've won 10 of 11. They are yeah. playing, they're no, playing they're, incredible. They are, they are. Um, you know, I, I think that's probably because, you know, last year they had that great season, won the biggest regular season, won the biggest tournament title. Um, and what happened? They lost in round two to Michigan State. So I think that's put a damper on them, whereas now they're just like, okay, we know they're good. It's a matter of what can they do in the NCAA tournament. Fair. Well, I think we have our hands full in this one. I, I do think the good thing is it's two teams playing really good ball right now. We're winners of seven of the last ten. Really nice road win against Xavier, but we're stepping up a level here against Marquette. Um, the the name of the game, the name of the story in the first one was our defensive intensity uh, at home when we beat them 72-57. We, Providence has a way of getting into an opponent's jersey that can can kind of shock the system a bit, right? They And you saw that in the first game. They couldn't get... Everything they tried to do on offense was really hard to come by. Um, Marquette just seemed completely out of sorts. Nothing. There were no easy baskets, which we've grown to see with Marquette. Everything was stop and go. So do I expect them to hold Marquette to 57 again? Absolutely not. Do I expect Providence to give them struggles offensively? I do. Uh, I think Providence's defense carries, and it's going to carry again against Marquette. They just need to bring that same level of intensity because it's much harder to do that 
when you're playing on the road than it is at home. Yeah. Um, no, for sure. I mean, they're on fire right now. Cam Jones has just been magnificent lately. Back to back career high 34 point nights from uh Mr. Cam Jones there. He's a stud. Um so they're gonna have their hands full because it's like you know, I, I think you're fine with Pierre on on Colic and then putting Carter on Cam, I would think. Um but uh still gonna present plenty of challenges. I mean Marquette's not that deep. Like there are avenues for us to win, right? Um the- I, I think like you said having another good defensive outing and keeping this in the seventies, as opposed to the eighties would probably do province law favors. Um, another area is, is rebounding. Marquette's like not a good rebounding team at all. Um, which doesn't, I, I, which doesn't surprise me. No, but it's like, you know, they, they got the, the big man in, in Cole or in Oso Iguodaro to grab rebounds. And then like, you would think, I guess you're right. I guess it doesn't surprise because, like, it's not like you can, you know, Corey Floyd, Devin Carter are bigger guards that can rebound, whereas Kolick and Cam Jones probably aren't. And on top of that, Joplin. Uh, he's, not stri- he's not striking fear as an athlete. Let's no. Put it no. So one of, the big, one of the big things in the first game was Hopkins – Obviously, he was available. He was really inefficient. He was 3 of 10 from the floor, but he had 11 and 9. Um, and that's where we kind of opened our eyes. It's interesting. We opened our eyes to the potential of this team against Marquette when we beat the bag out of them. And that 15-point score wasn't indicative of how bad we were beating them. It should have been like a 20-25 point win, um, which seems to be a theme here uh, this season. Uh, but it is what it is. Odoro and Hopkins really didn't do much of anything in the first game. Um, it was Devin Carter leading the way. Ticket Gaines had a really nice game from deep. I think he went five of ten, if I recall. And we have a big preview article out on the on the website, so take a look at that. Um, one of the things with Hopkins out now, though, is we need Odoro to stay on the court. This is one where Odoro fouled out in the first game, um, and we need him to stay out of foul trouble because. If we have to rely on Castro to play pick and roll defense with Kolick and Igadaro, they are going to have an absolute field day. Um, and it's maybe it's a slight on Castro, yes, but it's also they are just fantastic in that pick and roll def- in, pick, in that pick and roll high ball screen set. And you really need to be a veteran player in the front court like Odoro is to handle that. Odoro handled him Igadaro in the first one. Um, and we need him to stay on the court to maximize the chances of success, especially with Hopkins no longer being available. Yeah. I mean, I, I think one thing about Hopkins, he did not shoot it well in the first game, at three of 10 from the floor, but he gave you nine rebounds. Yep. Uh, so, I mean, that, that, that piece is critical. Uh, also, you know, they don't really have a guy that can match up against him. So like, I know he struggled in that game, but had he been healthy, I, I could see him having a big one tonight, but um in terms of Oduro, yeah, he took four shots in that game. It was three or four uh, with 10 points, nine rebounds. So, and he fell out, like you said. So, um, he's going to have to stay out of foul trouble for sure. Because, look. That's they... that. That's the pa- that's the path for the 10-point the, the victory and them covering the spread. That's the path for them to get there easily, is getting Oduro in foul trouble. And then 
that pick and that high ball screen, them just running at every half court set and just tearing us apart where we then start having help defense. Cole kicks it out to Cam Jones or Joplin and they just have a field day. So if you want to see a path to a blowout for Marquette, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And you brought up uh, in the article, you wrapped Stevie Mitchell, which, you know, I like, uh, you know, not a guy that wows you, but he was a guy that was missing the first game. And for me, with him, he kind of, I mean, obviously Kolick's the guy that stirs the drink on the team for sure. But in a way, so does Stevie Mitchell. Uh, um, you know, I was watching Marquette's last game. And it's funny, just quickly back to the Duro real quick. You saying him not getting in a foul trouble. You can survive those 12 minutes from 16-whatever to 4-whatever that we had to do against Xavier. You're not going to be able to do that against Marquette. Um, but in terms of Stephen Mitchell, like I was watching the Marquette-Xavier game where Marquette absolutely blew doors. Uh, Sean Miller not, pleased. Uh, but, you know, he's calling out. Uh, they go in shock in the huddle, and all the Marquette players are like all amped and clapping and like all this stuff. And he was talking about uh, EGPs, he calls them. Yeah. Energy, uh, uh, energy. Guts, uh, I don't know. No, I, I'm blank. Whatever, who cares? But yeah. no, this guy brings the energy. And then they proceed to show a highlight, uh, Fox Sports 1 does, of him just diving on the floor, you know, getting loose balls, making plays, like – he is definitely an impact on that team. Energy generating behavior. Oh, EGPs. Okay. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. No, but it, I wrote about it in my article. While Kolick is by far the, the heartbeat of this team and holds the pulse of this team, Stevie Mitchell's a close second. And his, to your, I think you nailed it. The, the, the stats aren't going to necessarily be there. He's still averaging eight and four. So like, that's, that's all long good. It's, him making life difficult for Pierre, where Pierre has to hold the ball an extra second, second and a half because of the ball pressure versus a free-flowing, there's not as much ball pressure and we can get to the rim at will. Stevie Mitchell's not going to allow you to do that. So, again, another path to a potential blowout is we revert back to bad habits and and Pierre and Duall have two or three turnovers each and it leads to fast break buckets for Marquette because that's – Again, the Adoro foul trouble and the turnovers, I can see both of those things happening, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, the one thing we got going for us, in my opinion, when you look at last game to this game uh, and where we stand now, um, well, that, that first game, you got five points combined on 43 minutes from Duall, Floyd, and Barrett. Floyd and Barron have definitely shown promise as of late. But I like Garway in this matchup against Marquette because he's just like they have no one that that resembles the physical traits of I, Garway Dual. And he had even though he had zero points in the first game POC, he had seven assists. I like Garway if he I like Garway if he's not the primary ball handler. I yeah. think I think if you put Mitchell on Garway, that is a recipe for disaster for Providence. Yeah, but then so then on the flip side too, in that game, Pierre only had four points on two of five from the floor, um, three assists, three rebounds. We're seeing a better Jaden Pierre of late too. Like he's really starting to emerge. So those factors, you got to feel good. You got to feel good about the fact that 
since the Hopkins injury, they've gone on the road in battle every single time. Um, you know, just just look at it. They lose by nine to Creighton, but that was a close game with like five minutes left, and, and they just fell apart at the end. Uh, St. John's, they lose by two on the road. Um, obviously, you win at DePaul. You get that gritty road win at Seton Hall when you're, you're, you're down by, I think, double digits, was it? Maybe not. Maybe it was like seven, but still. Yeah. Um, you find a way to come back and win that game. The 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 Connecticut game, I mean, that's got to be one of the, the narrower victories for UConn in conference play this year, uh, especially at home for that. Right, yeah. so um, the Villanova game is the one outlaw. Right, they, they didn't play well. That game. <laughs> I, who, I was I there. Blame for, Sundays. I, I, I was there. I was there for it. So maybe it was my fault. I don't know. <laughs> um, but but they, they go to Butler. Same deal. Just grind out. You know, keep themselves in the game with defense, uh, and they have a chance to win. So, you know, when we look at a projection, like predicting the games. You and I both have them losing. You closer than me, I have as a 10-point game. Having said all that, like, I, I think it's a really tough spot. Marquette's playing unreal. Um, Pfizer has been a house of whores. We've swapped each of the three years. Yep. But given the way they're playing right now, if they can just stick around uh, on Wednesday night, just stick around, just hang around, be in the game, Towards when it gets close, they might have the guys to, to pull this thing out. So how do we how do we if we're talking after the game and we have a victory, what happened in the game that caused us to win? Because I have one thing that jumps out to me. I think the duo needs to be outstanding, actually. And you may disagree with that. You may think it's gonna have to be other guys, but I think the duo needs to be great. I was I was gonna say I was gonna say Odoro clearly gets the better of Igadaro and puts him in foul trouble. So we're aligned there. Carter, I just assume, is going to go for 20, yeah. 28 and six at this point. Like, it's just absurd what he's doing. Um, and Pierre continues his rise. Like, I, if that if that happens, if those things happen, and then we see like a thirty five plus percent from three, I think we win. And that's a lot of ifs, but yeah. I do think I do think if Odoro stays out of foul trouble, he'll have the better of Odoro. Yeah, yeah. I mean. He's playing at an all-conference level right now. So, um, definitely. Um, it, like, do you see us getting, like, like a 10-point game to me isn't really blowout. Do you, do you see that in the cards as a possibility still? I don't. You don't? Yeah. Don't, like, don't... Going back and forth. Like, I, I if, think if they get to... going and they're making those uh, EGPs, uh, <laughs> And like getting into like the one thing you can agree with is like you know teams feed off energy that that their teams get whether it be from their own individual place with a big dunk or a big block or, or whatever or, or whether it be the home crowd getting into the game like teams feed off that and they create energy and when that team's rolling they can be really tough so I think it's possible. Um, but the way we've been playing, man, I think we got a chance. Let me tell you this. I'll say this right now. They win this game, it's over. They're in. Jerry Palm will have us as the next four out. <laughs> Lenardi, Lenardi will have us as one of his first four out. Um, 
So yeah, he'll Rose, downgrade us from you know the last four in. I think we're like third on his last four ins. We're really close to the last in. Probably bump us down. The um really quick on your point about a blowout. The, the path to a blowout to me is Odoro primarily. The first thing that the path there is Odoro wouldn't foul trouble. Um, the other is if we have a Villanova part two where we just can't make anything. I, unfortunately, I could see that happening. Um. And then to a lesser extent, because I don't, I'm not as concerned about this as other as much as the first two, is just Pierre and Dual having a really off night with turnovers. Um, those are the three things that where I could see a path to a blowout. I again, we're a really tough, gritty team. I can't see us just laying down. I really can't. That that would be surprising to me. Um, again, because even in the Butler loss, I said I really love the way this team is playing, and I I I feel that way. Uh, and the ironic thing is if we lose by like two, it's going to be the best thing that's ever happened for our metrics. <laughs> I know, right? so like, I, no, like it, it makes it besides winning, of course, like it'll, that'll bolster us in a massive way. If we lose by less than 10, like, which is the dumbest thing on this planet. It really is. Ugh. Like a one point loss. will shoot up in the net in Ken Palm by like seven or eight spots. Yeah. No, but would you agree though, if they win it, it's over. I like. I'm pretty no, much they, there. I I would say like, um, not including like a epic disaster where they just so lose it's not so much. it's not over. Losing the last four games of their season, like they might have done last year. That that um, yeah. I, everybody forgets last year they were like on pay, on pace to be like a five or six seed. Um. Yeah, I mean, if they win Marquette, they're it's not. I still don't even really think they're on a bubble talk. I think they're more of like a nine or ten seed right now, personally. Um, but if they win Marquette, you start to talk about if they win Road Marquette, you start to talk about them as they probably should be ranked as a seven seed, eight seed. Um, but if they go lost Nova, lost Georgetown, lost Connecticut, lost. The problem is it would probably then be a loss in first down again. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah. But I mean, come on. That's not going to happen. Like, if they win to, on Wednesday night, that's not happening. So I'm not even going to worry about that. Um, yeah. It, it's interesting to see some of the bracketologists. And I don't know if you've ever visited a, a bracketmatrix.com. Yeah. But they have, they ranked the bracket people. And uh, it's going to get on my nerves, BOC. But Mr. Lenardi's ranked 98th out of 170 people that do bracketology. And it's his full-time job. Time to just – hey, he was was a pioneer. Love him for it. Thank you very much. Time to let the old boy just sail off into the sunset. But could you imagine that, though? Like, there are people making brackets that – have other jobs, like real jobs, and they do this. Dude, he's—I've said this. He is—he's bought and paid for. That's the reason. Honestly, it might be like it might just—I I know you it know, is. Just, just give us your field of sixty-eight off, off the dome, and uh, let people get angry about it. <laughs> um. So yeah, check out the uh, check out the article. On the website, we gave our predictions as well. 
The other thing, we we updated the 2025 recruiting primer with some new names. What's really interesting, and we won't get too into the weeds on recruiting, is there's a kid out west, Lino Mark, who, if you're, if you're in the Twitter world, um, Uncle Eric, a.k.a. Conflicted, has been a trainer for this kid since he was a little kid. And uh, basically, he's saying this guy is on the verge of just absolutely blowing up nationally and we need to get we need to get in the mix before trying to think who's an elite team out there now before i guess like arizona or i guess you know you well ucla not even anymore it's weird um before some a lot of the blue bloods start to get involved so um that's one to monitor because i think we're trying to set up an official visit there mike and i if you didn't listen to the last podcast we wrote articles on jameer jones and jalen harrell jalen harrell's visiting for an official visit in march for the Connecticut game. So we might have some good news over the next coming months with, uh, or even weeks with some of those recruits. So check that out. We put a lot of effort in there and it's, if nothing else, it's a good way to aggregate all of our 2025 recruits that we're interested in just so you can be knowledgeable. Yeah. BFC, the people appreciate it. It got the clicks. Okay. <laughs> it already has. <laughs> so, so if you haven't checked it out, definitely go ahead and check it out. Uh, yeah, from the highlights I've seen of Lito Mark, kids got game. Uh, anytime, anytime he gets compared to a Russ Westbrook or De'Aaron Fox, you can. I don't even. I don't even need to watch an in-depth tape. Just fucking send him a send him a scully. <laughs> I know, right? I mean, is that Uncle Eric being a little biased to the guy he trained? I don't know, but yeah. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna find out. Uncle Eric got uh, some cash in his pocket with this recruitment. I'm I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, yeah, but but no, he's got some serious game. Um, definitely check out his highlights. We'll you probably want... get. Go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna say you want to uh, you want to talk about the rest of the Big East before because uh, we got a we got a, a game Tuesday and Wednesday. You want to talk about that and ramifications for the Big East tournament? Yeah, I mean, right now, um, our, our guy Matt Hackman, uh, who tweets out the probabilities of of seeding for the tournaments. Province is, is keep moving up, BOC. It's now at a 51% chance that they will play on Thursday and not have to play Wednesday of the Big East tournament. Um, you know, trending towards being that five seed. Um, to me, I think two and two gets you there. Unless, yes. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think, um, if we beat Villanova on Saturday, Unless a lot of weird things happen, that Villanova game pretty much locks us into the not pretty much, but we're almost there with the five seed if we beat Villanova. Because I think isn't Villanova one behind us right now? Yeah, I think they're like a. They might be tied now. I know they're a game, a half game behind when we won at Xavier, but then I think them winning over the weekend. Um, I'll look right now. Yeah. They are they're a game behind us because they are eight and eight in conference. We're nine and seven. Oh, nice. Yeah. So to your point, though, they're playing they're playing Georgetown tonight. So they should be nine and eight. Um, yeah. So they'll be a half game behind us. And then if Marquette and Providence goes as planned, we'll all be nine and eight. So they'll be tied. So, um, hmm. essentially, essentially we. If we win against Villanova, we pretty much can, unless things go awry, we should be able to lock in that five spot. Which, again, I know I know UConn's a juggernaut. I get that, but getting a potential four or five game 
against Seton Hall, which will be an NCAA tournament team, a neutral game. Having that on your resume, a potential win there would be great for the resume. And then can you ask for anything more than a Friday night semifinal Providence, Connecticut? Like I'm already getting ahead of myself. Can you imagine how crazy that will be? It would be crazy, BFC. Dude, that it'd be mayhem. We're we're lining up for an epic Thursday Friday. If we can do the two thirty two thirty Thursday tip, then the Friday, I think Friday seven PM, maybe seven thirty. Yeah. If season ended today that we are not playing Seton Hall, we are playing Creighton. <laughs> oh, oh no. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, we gotta we, we gotta get Seton Hall to be that uh, we gotta get uh, Seton Hall to be that four seed. We, the sweet sixteen year, BOC and I went to uh went to the Big East tournament. We saw us narrowly escape Butler. And it was awesome. We had such a good day. And then come back Friday night to get, get our doors blown off the crane. That game that game we I think we lost by like seventy five points. That was horrible. And my wife my wife who grew up playing sports and everything, she like she put it best when she just said Providence just doesn't know how to make shots. And I'm like, welcome to you just summed up my fandom of Providence basketball in like five words. Should we tell the people about the Kelly Curse? We can tell people about the Kelly Curse. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, she's come to eight. I mean, obviously, BOC living in Jersey doesn't get to as many prior games, but uh, she went she's to, Del- been to she seven. Went, she went to Delaware too, so it's not like she went to Providence. Correct. She's been to seven games. Is that right? Seven or eight. The the end story is still the same. And she doesn't have the a win on the resume yet. My wife has attended seven or eight games with me, and she has never seen a Providence victory in person. I, she should have come to Georgetown. We're going to end the streak. We would have lost. I'm, I'm telling you that right now. Like you, you um, make you make the joke of, oh, you should you should just bring her to like a cupcake that we're favored by like nineteen and a half. We'll lose that game. <laughs> oh man, but you got to rip the bandaid off. I mean, you can't like. One, you're not gonna be able to hide hide her forever from from going. Like, yeah, I can. Yeah, I can. <laughs> well, what if we like made a final? Be like, I think we need to sit down and kind of map this out. Maybe next year, find a game that Kelly can attend. If win or lose, we won't be angry. Uh, we'll still probably be angry if we lose. Um, but find a game where we can at least like break the streak, or at least know where we stand with the streak, because like. If push came to shove and we went to a Final Four, I have a feeling you'd bring your whole family to the Final Four. We would, then, Final know. Four would be as far as we go then. We wouldn't make it to the National Championship. <laughs> That's we why just, we need to break the streak at some point. Yeah, or we just don't risk it and just we hope to win and go to the National Championship. Should we fly around to D.C. and just have her go to the game uh, standalone? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we no. can't. We can't lose at Georgetown. Uh, oh, man. Um, but yeah, back to your point though, with, with, um, the standings, you're right. So if, if we beat Nova, that's essentially, I would guess a wrap because I mean, you look at the competition here, St. John's does have a light stretch down the stretch here. Yeah. Their schedule is like very easy. Um, so we want, so we want Butler to beat St. John's then when they play. Yes, sir. Yeah. I think, at least from standing perspective. I mean, yeah. Yeah. in terms of bracket, I don't know. But, I mean, Butler doing themselves no favors, dropping four straight. Uh, yeah. 
when they can afford to do that. Um, but yeah, so I mean, if you beat Nova, then that you know you'd you'd be a game and a half, or you'd be two games up. That would pretty much wrap it, I would guess. Um, and that's depending on what they do uh, on uh, on Wednesday against Marquette. Um, yeah. One closing thought on Marquette. Speaking of Nova, um, the last time the Friars beat a top five team on the road was 2016 against Villanova. I believe Villanova was a, was four in the country. If you remember this game, BOC, it was scheduled for a Saturday. It got moved to Sunday because of winter storm Jonas, and uh, it just ravaged uh, like. Pennsylvania, New Jersey, obviously New England got some of it, but I don't think it was as bad in New England. But they moved the game to Sunday. Students are still essentially trapped on campus. <laughs> like literally no one goes to this game and Dunn and Benthel pull it out. <laughs> that was, I remember that was a snowstorm in Manhattan when I was living there. And that was a fun little snowstorm Saturday. Yeah, that was the best when you were, you know, in your twenties and got a snow day. Oh yeah. Nothing nothing better. Um so yeah, Friars trying to to uh you know repeat the performance during Winter Storm Jonas uh, on Wednesday night. Um so yeah, you know, four games left here. I, I think two and two is, is is the goal, but obviously, you know. A huge opportunity to boost the resume here. You got two quad one opportunities um, in Marquette and UConn at home. You have Nova, which I believe last we checked was a quad two, but uh, certainly I think they've gone up in the numbers. So I mean, it could be a quad one, maybe. Probably depends on what happens tonight against Georgetown. Yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, I saw a tweet by the way that was like, like we're in a no lose situation tonight. Either we beat Nova or we hurt uh, uh, Providence and St. John's. And I'm like, no, like you'd have to lose by more than fifteen for you to actually yeah hurt us there because that's a fifteen point spread. Um, but yeah, Nova in net right now. Is thirty eight, so yeah, they probably don't get the twenty five. But that's that's a quad two win, pretty much set in stone, right? Yep. If you if you get it, like they're not going to drop uh, too far down. Um, I wouldn't think they have just as good of a chance to drop to a quad three than it does to bump up to a quad one. Put that. Yep. Um, but yeah, huge week for the Friars. Ton of opportunity here. Um, March is right around the corner. Very exciting. Um. Biosa, do you think we'll get another episode out post Marquette pre Nova? Yeah, we'll do we'll yeah. do re, we'll do recap into uh, and then preview of the Nova game, definitely. Awesome. Um, I know you guys scoots in, but uh, so we'll kind of get towards the wrap up here. I do got one little axe to grind, if I may. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay. Uh, if you all didn't know, over the weekend. Uh, Duke lost Kyle Filipowski forever due to court storm. Um, he is done. Uh, 
his season's over. I'm kidding. It's not over. He's probably going to play in the next game. I think he was fine. <laughs> but, of course, it has sparked outrage. And I, listen, I hate to be the one to beat a dead horse in terms of everyone talks about the same topic and has to give their opinion. But to me, like, enough with the let's end court storming. Let's, Jay Bill is suggesting to throw people in prison <laughs> for court storming. Come on. Um, it's a tradition. Um, and, and, like, do I think they could improve it? Yeah, maybe. Like, maybe have better policies in place to make sure the players are safe. I, I'll agree with you. The players should be safe. No question. But to totally, like, get rid of it, I think it's crazy. And I'm someone who almost died from court storming BOC. Uh, my freshman year. Played Syracuse. Got the upset win. Um, you know, Ed Cooley thought we were bad as fans to him. If you go back to the tape. Uh, Eric Devendorf got it bad <laughs> from us. Uh, but uh, we beat Cuse. I'm like gonna, you know, I'm fr- I'm a freshman, so I have front row in the student section, right? I'm ready to storm the court. I trip over the TV wire, BOC. And next thing you know, I'm pretty much pinned against the stanchion of the hoop. And I like can't breathe. And I'm like, oh my God. Like This is how I this is how I this go. This is how it ends. Uh <laughs> kind of epic, but like not cool. Uh, that'd be I, pretty that'd be a pretty cool way to die, I guess. It'd be a cool story, but like freshman in college, I got a lot to look forward to. Uh Luckily, massive dunk security guard spotted me, grabbed me, pulled me out of there. My walker, BOC, was as flat as like Wiley Coyote uh, getting hit by the anvil. It was just smooshed into the ground. So then later that season, we beat Pitt. What did I do? I left the student section with two minutes to go. I made a choice, all right? (laughs) But you can't take the choice away from them. They're kids. Let them have fun. Um, can we do it better? Sure. I'm all ears for some solutions, but get out of here with the throw in jail, BOC. No, it, the, Wake Forest did a really bad job with security and handling that. I think that's probably the answer there. Um, it was clear they weren't prepared, and Wake Forest hasn't had moments to really prepare for that. So that's probably what it was. Uh, but it, initially, it looked like really bad for Filipowski. Like, it actually did not look good. Yeah, I know. I was watching it live. I was like, oh, my God. Like, yeah. This is it. It's over. It's over. And, of course, like, Shire, Shire's reaction in, like, the walk-on, they're, they're just, like, screaming in horror, like some horrific tragedy happened. That walk-on is, like, seven foot four. I know. He's huge. Yeah. <laughs> Circus freak. Oh, man. Um, but, yeah. Let the kids storm. Uh, we end on that. All right. Until next time, Fire Town. See you later. See you guys. School. Man up in my city, I'm the truth, yeah. David Duke when I'm way up on the hoop, eh. Cross over, I might go to LEU. Heard they sleeping on me, well, let's take them back to school. PC, you know we on go, eh. Feel like AJ Reeves when I'm off that pick and roll, eh. Fall down, bounce back like M.A. Hope, eh. I'm the alpha dog, Diallo. They was sleeping on me, that's what made me a savage. 
Any team we bump into, we gon' let them have it, yeah They don't want no static, we at the top just like the attic This year we taking over March Madness Man up in my city, I'm the truth, yeah David Duke when I'm way above the hoop, babe Crossover, I might throw the hell at you But they sleeping on me, well let's take them back to school Man up in my city, I'm the truth, yeah